Hey guys. Watching the Harvey Weinstein scandal unfold has been completely shocking. Shocking. Of course, I'm kidding. Everyone in Hollywood knew that sweaty McFat tits over here was at a minimum using his position of power to demand sex from women in the industry, and more likely was rapier than that. Weinstein's perversions and casting couch mentality were an open secret. It was even joked about in 30 Rock. I'm not afraid of anyone in show business. I turned down intercourse with Harvey Weinstein on no less than three occasions out of five. Seth MacFarlane made this joke in 2013 when announcing the nominees for the Best Supporting Actress Oscar. Congratulations, you five ladies no longer have to pretend to be attracted to Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> now, old school bitches like Meryl Streep are acting like they had no idea that this was going on. And extremely famous, rich actresses like Gwyneth Paltrow and Angelina Jolie are coming forward and being called brave, even though they have had the resources and notoriety to have exposed this long ago without damage to their already locked down careers. Gwyneth even won an Oscar for Shakespeare in Love and thanked Harvey Weinstein in her speech. This was three years after he tried to sleep with her while filming Emma. Getting her Oscar was more important to her then when it actually mattered, so I really don't care what she has to say now. Why did it take all of these women so long to come forward? Yes, there was a power imbalance. He could make it more difficult for you to succeed, but probably not ruin your career. Angelina Jolie had a similar experience to Gwyneth, but did not work with Weinstein ever again, and she did fine nepotism aside. Most didn't come forward because it is just understood that this is the nature of Hollywood. Do you want a part? Do you have a sleazy director? You have a better chance at getting the part if you sleep with the director. These women knew when they decided to be actresses that this was part of Hollywood's seedy underbelly. And if they somehow didn't know that, they should have figured it out when Weinstein invited them up to his hotel room. So the real question here, at least the one I want answered is, why do so many women that claim to be feminists value a stupid career while they will be passed around, washed up by 30, will almost certainly fail, rather than stand up for the feminist ideals that they are constantly lecturing us about? I hate to be cynical, but the probable answer is that actresses especially are narcissistic and delusional, and they require constant praise and adoration to reward their egos, even at the expense of their integrity. But because they have fragile egos yet face constant rejection, it creates these extremely damaged and neurotic women. And they're competing with younger, hotter, more talented women that are sleeping with people for career advancement. Yet instead of giving up and just have a full, albeit normal life, they pathologically cling to their selfish dream of fame. And as we're seeing in the case of Weinstein, they have protected their own egos rather than speak up about a legitimate feminist cause. Anyone in Hollywood that is acting surprised by the news of Harvey Weinstein is full of shit. Hollywood has always been a pit of decadence, governed by the rich and the corrupt. Even in the golden age, there were shocking scandals, even by today's standards. Murders, affairs, rapes, mob connections, extortion, drug use. Every actor and actress have been married five times, illegitimate children, abortions, prostitution. There has always been a culture of pedophilia. This is not a conspiracy. Several people were charged and imprisoned. People fled to other countries. Major Hollywood actors have discussed this publicly. I can tell you that the number one problem in Hollywood was and is and always will be pedophilia. And it's widespread? Oh yeah. I was surrounded by them when I was 14 years old. And we also have seen some new things pop up in the last few years and decades. Feminism has crept into parenting, so there's this pervasive you-go-girl mentality regarding single motherhood, and tons of actresses having multiple children unmarried or without a consistent man around. And even more recently, the transgender issue has permeated Hollywood, and because of their degenerate parents, has infected the children of Hollywood as well. Angelina Jolie's daughter Shiloh reportedly goes by John now. And this is Charlize Theron's adopted son. 
Weinstein's conduct gives us a tiny glimpse into true Hollywood. But if the details of his conduct are shocking to you, I have to say that it really does go much deeper than this. Predation much worse than this and sexual exploitation of very, very young women and girls has always been a theme in Hollywood. We all know the story of Roman Polanski sodomizing a 13-year-old girl in Jack Nicholson's hot tub. The girl's mother was basically whoring her daughter out to help launch her modeling and acting career. She was very developed by 13 and looked like a woman, and it really does seem to me that her mother basically knew what was going on. In what world would it be okay to send your barely teenage daughter to play in a hot tub with two drug-using, much, much older millionaire Hollywood elitists? It's baffling. It is beyond neglect because her mother was so proactive. Yet the sad truth, and perhaps the truth that this evil mother had realized, is that there is a baseline level of sexual exploitation and selling your soul that happens to nearly every actress, success or failure, in Hollywood. Jennifer Lawrence is a perfect example. She hit the scene in Winter's Bone and did a gritty performance that I found very convincing. I liked it. I liked that she was a plain Jane from Kentucky and she had some real acting talent. Throw her into Hollywood, turn the spin cycle on, take her out a few years later, what do you have? A mildly disconnected feminist who's banging a talentless hack of a director that's the same age as her father, so she can continue to get bad parts. But perhaps the saddest and most complete tale of exploitation from birth to death was that of Judy Garland. She was the daughter of an overbearing mother and a flagrantly gay father. Both were vaudeville performers. They put her on stage at age two and she signed a movie contract with MGM at the age of 13. Immediately, the studio was worried about her weight and she was given amphetamines to help her slenderize and work for days without sleeping. She also smoked four packs of cigarettes a day as part of her MGM diet. Literally, she was allowed coffee, chicken stock, and cigarettes and she'd be punished if she was caught cheating. Predictably, she was married and divorced many times, several times to gay men. She struggled with addiction her whole life. She was forced to have at least one abortion at age 19 by MGM, as were many actresses, even the married ones. She never recovered from all this and died of a drug overdose in her 40s. In an environment like Hollywood, it is not possible to keep young women safe, and it is certainly not possible to keep children safe. More distressing than casting couch behavior is the open secret of rampant pedophilia in Hollywood. And just like the protection of Weinstein, powerful Hollywood pedophiles have been protected and defended by Hollywood elites. If Hollywood is willing to cover up sexual assault and rape to protect themselves and their careers, why wouldn't they do the same for pedophiles? These kids have tons of time alone with coaches, mentors, directors, producers. It's an ideal situation where a child is separated from his or her parents. The parents are not suspicious and there is ample time for grooming. It's a perfect industry for pedophiles. The LA Times discussed this in 2012. Child sexual abuse cases in Hollywood attract attention. At least a dozen child molestation and child pornography prosecutions since 2000 have involved actors, managers, production assistants, and others in the entertainment industry. In his private journal, Jason Michael Handy once described himself as a pedophile full-blown. Handy snapped more than 1,000 photos of girls at the elementary school across the street from his house using a camera with a telephone lens, according to court documents. He volunteered at a Malibu church where he worked with six-year-olds. And his job as a production assistant at one of the nation's most prominent producers of children's television programs, Nickelodeon, gave him access to child actors on and off the set and allowed him to exchange email addresses and phone numbers with them. He used the hopes of at least two girls who dreamed of careers in TV to sexually exploit them. Handy was sentenced to six years in prison after pleading no contest 
arrest in 2004 to two felony counts, one of lewd acts on a child and one of distributing sexually explicit material by email, and to a misdemeanor charge related to child sexual exploitation. His arrest and prosecution received scant media attention at the time but are attracting renewed interest now after the recent arrest of a talent manager on molestation charges in reports by the Times that a registered sex offender was working with children as a casting associate. Complex has an excellent timeline of pedophilia in Hollywood, and I'll start in 1986. On the set of The Lost Boys, Corey Haim confesses to Corey Feldman that an adult male convinced him that it was perfectly normal for older men and younger boys in the business to have sexual relations. 1987, Bob Villard, a children's agent who represented Leonardo DiCaprio, charged with transportation of child pornography. He actually was selling headshots and pool photos of child actors that he worked with on eBay to other pedophiles, and the ring implicated several other high-profile Hollywood figures. This is discussed at length in an excellent documentary about Hollywood pedophilia called An Open Secret, and I've linked that below. 1988, director Victor Salva convicted of molesting the 12-year-old boy starring in his debut feature, Clown House. 1990s, Mark Collins Rector and Chad Shackley allegedly host lavish parties attended by teenage boys. This is also discussed at length in the documentary that I mentioned. 2001, Bob Villard sentenced to three years probation after discovery of thousands of photos of boys in skimpy bathing suits in his home. 2002, lawsuit filed against Collins Rector, Shackley, and their company Digital Entertainment Network. 2004, Jason Handy sentenced for two felony counts, one of lewd acts on a child and one for distributing sexually explicit material by email. 2012, Martin Weiss, a children's talent manager, pleads no contest to two charges of oral copulation with a child under the age of 14. In 2014, Jason Handy faced a second arrest for child abuse after working as a production assistant for Nickelodeon. Until 2012, there was no law preventing convicted child molesters from working with children in the entertainment industry as casting directors, managers, photographers, publicists, or coaches. Bob Villard alone appears on this list three times. Hollywood pedophiles work together, they protect each other, and find positions for one another where they can groom and rape children. Jason Handy worked for Nickelodeon and used it as a platform to molest children after he had already been sentenced to two felony acts, one of them being committing a lewd act on a child. As though the rampant, provable pedophilia isn't bad enough, I haven't even mentioned some of the biggest sex scandals. Of course, we can all think of quite a few stories from Hollywood of broken homes, illegitimate children, and leaving your family, from Charlie Chaplin and Ingrid Bergman to Angelina Jolie and Arnold Schwarzenegger. And then, of course, there are stories like Bill Cosby and all the people that that involved. What we have here is an industry filled with corrupt, sexually deviant millionaires and billionaires that not only has connections to and the protections of Washington, D.C., but has a tremendous influence over the general public. And their warped, globalist, feminist, and anti-nationalistic message has become palpable to the average American. Perhaps this is due in part to the cynicism that inevitably develops when you lose parts of your soul by degrading yourself. That goes for actors and directors. This is manifested in the art that they create, everyone in Hollywood. Cinema is soulless now, plots are insipid, and worst of all, there is propaganda in everything. It's crazy, women in Hollywood who are actually part of something that looks like a rape culture won't say anything about it for fear of losing their stupid careers. Then they project on white men in the general population. And that is what Americans are most sick of. It would be one thing if Hollywood was simply a standalone den of perversion, still producing good content, but that's not the case. Despite the pedophilia, rape, sexual assault, family destruction, and general debauchery that is pervasive in Hollywood, they preach to us at awards shows, berate us in their films, and tell us in interviews that middle Americans are useless, wicked, white trash. 
How can I possibly take someone like George Clooney seriously, especially when he outright says that he belongs to a superior class of supremely virtuous individuals? We are a little bit uh, out of touch in, in Hollywood every once in a while, I think. It's probably a good thing. Um, we're the ones who uh, talk about AIDS when it was just being whispered. And we talked about civil rights when it wasn't really popular. And we, uh, this academy, this group of people gave Hattie McDaniel an Oscar in 1939 when blacks were still sitting in the backs of theaters. I'm proud to be a part of this academy. Proud to be part of this community. I'm proud to be out of touch. And I thank you. Or Ben Affleck. We all remember this brave stand he took on Bill Maher in defense of disenfranchised Muslims that he can totally relate to, guys. Or how about the more than a billion those, people those who are aren't Muslims fanatical, too. who don't punch well, women, who just want to go to the store, okay, wait a second, 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 contained to their personal lives. The complicity, particularly in serial cases of sexual assault like we've seen with Weinstein and Cosby, and in Hollywood's pedophile ring, is widespread and involves prominent actors, directors, and producers that will likely never face any consequences. Do you remember how people treated Joe Paterno, who was lambasted for reportedly staying silent for years after being told of Jerry Sandusky's actions? A statue of him was torn down. In the public eye, his silence was on par with the crime itself. And I don't disagree with this premise. When you stay silent about issues, especially of pedophilia, and they continue to happen, there is blame to be had. But coming out about the sordid, dark side of Hollywood is somehow different. Look at how much contempt Barbara Walters flings at Corey Feldman, who's a victim of pedophilia and was raped many times as a child by industry men. There are a lot of parents out here who want to put their kids in this, in this business. They, their kids are cute, they're great actors, da da da. What would you say to a parent who just has the best of intentions who's coming here with their child? It's a many feathered bird. Okay? Be careful what you wish for. That's what I'll tell you. You know, don't go into it with naivety. Don't go into it thinking that it's all roses and You're sunglasses and an entire industry. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to. People in Hollywood don't want to look into this because they know about these things and looked the other way so they could be rich and famous. Are these industry perverts corrupted by the power or drawn to the power because they're corrupt? Probably both, and I'm not really sure that I care because they're monstrous either way. And these are still people that influence us, that we let into our living rooms. And for some of us, the opinions that we let shape our worldview. I mean, not me though. But we don't need Hollywood for entertainment anymore. And at this point, it seems wrong to support the industry or spend any of my time on these insane people. Even with the huge budgets and special effects, most movies are terrible. I love movies, so it pains me to say this, but the last worthwhile movie I saw in theaters was Mad Max, and that was like two years ago. The last movie I saw in theaters was Darren Aronofsky's Mother, and it was so bad that it filled me with rage. I'm serious, I even reviewed it, and I've linked it below. I was so pissed. Yet terrible directors like him continue to put out movies over and over and over again. How? The free market does not dictate Hollywood output anymore. It is the same insular group of directors, actors, producers, financiers that has helped develop some sort of immunity to the response of critics and audiences alike. It has become a completely incestuous cesspool. This problem is made worse by the nepotism in Hollywood. Sometimes I see a plain actress in some sex pot role like Dakota Johnson in Fifty Shades of Grey, and I can tell that her role is a product of nepotism. No joke, after seeing her face one time, 
I Googled it right away and found out that Dakota Johnson is the daughter of Melanie Griffith and some other actor. Other careers made by nepotism, Sofia Coppola, Jason Schwartzman, who is a Coppola, the Arquettes, the Baldwins, Gwyneth Paltrow, the Gyllenhaals, the list goes on and on. I can't help but feel that what is happening to cinema is exactly what happened to art. They're turning cinema into a Rothko painting. It's boring, visually flat, and we all have to kiss ass lest we be told that we aren't sophisticated enough to understand it. We need to reject this and stop investing in the future of Hollywood. A good place to start would be to help children with Hollywood dreams redirect them. The only way you can make it in Hollywood is if you're related to someone or if you're sleeping with someone. If your kid wants to be an actor or a singer, 99 out of 100 times, 999 times out of 1,000 times, they will fail dismally, have damaged self-esteem at a minimum, and we're not talented enough to begin with. Parents of actors always say, I wanted to support their dream. They have a dream. So what? I had lots of stupid dreams when I was a kid. The best thing parents can do is help their kids dream about achievable, healthy future goals. In so many of these cases that I've discussed, greedy, selfish, or at a minimum, naive parents are ultimately responsible for putting their children in the path of harm to achieve a stupid and superficial goal. Harvey Weinstein is the tip of the iceberg. Oh, he used his power to bed models and actresses? Let's talk about the people in Hollywood using their power to rape children and cover it up. This may be the first large scandal to unleash a torrent of Hollywood secrets. All actors and directors, especially plain and untalented ones, are a suspect now. When I see a movie, how am I supposed to know that someone within this giant cast or crew, a producer, director, whatever, is not involved in any of the things I've talked about? I don't. I can't. And I guarantee this is bigger than we think. Hollywood and the NFL are being torn apart, and as a society, we're losing our bread and circuses. This will have a profound effect. We'll have to look at the deeper cultural problems that we have. That being said, we need entertainment still, and there's no reason that this can't come from other platforms. Let me know what you think in the comments section. Does this spell disaster for Hollywood? Will we find out that this is much worse than we had anticipated? And can we defeat Hollywood and its influence by pulling our funding and creating competition for entertainment? Thanks, and I'll see you soon. Bye.